This is Merchandise Mart. Transfer to Brownline Trains at Merchandise Mart. Doors closing. So welcome to the Wisendell Weekly Wrap-Up, uh, where we talk about architecture, design, and everything in between. we got a mover and shaker this week, so go ahead, you can introduce yourself. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, I'm Katherine Darnstadt. I'm the founder of Leighton Design. We're an architecture and urban design firm in Chicago. And in the spare time um, that I should be sleeping, relaxing, or doing something productive like a hobby, um, I also am <laughs> the founder of Boombox Chicago, so that's a prefab and modular uh, pop-up retail space uh, nice. company in Chicago, and then also the co-founder of Design Trust Chicago, which is a nonprofit focused on equity in the built environment through yeah. projects, you know, policies yeah. and, you know, programs. For sure. That's all, that's a lot. It is a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the um, well, before we cover all that, the first time I've ever been following you for mm-hmm. a long time. So m- mad props to everything Thank that you. you've been doing. Yeah. And then in I think it was like 2015, 2014, I saw you speak actually in the Merchandise Mart. Um, at Braintree for oh, Creative yeah. Morning. Okay. Creative you, Morning. You were like okay. racking I, your brain. You're like, where was it? I remember that because they have like the cool cloud fixtures and that they have an awesome space. Yeah, yeah. awesome space. Um, so, I mean, I just feel like you're in constantly with some of the stuff that you're doing as well, the podcasts and stuff, you're, you're just constantly on. That's that's How has that has that changed since you first started 10 years ago? I think there's some things that I would have wished I had the courage to do earlier or knew that they were the right route, um, where it seems like I'm doing a lot of different things. You have design, you have construction, you have a nonprofit, but it's all showing that they're all going towards the same goal as if we have a very simple mission of social equity in the built environment. We Mm -hmm. use our tool of design. What does that look like? And so that's where everything's kind of funneling towards. And the only way to do that is we know we have design, construction, policy, nonprofits that influence that. Yeah. Um, I wish I did that earlier or figured out how to, you know, create a firm that could do that Mm -hmm. um, earlier and pursue that. You know, because when I started the firm, we're 11 years, you know, this year. um, Congrats. Huge. Thank you. (laughs) Huge. (laughs) To make it that far. Yeah. 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 In your MBE, WBE as well for the city. That's I mean, we're getting, we're waiting on our MBE process or registration, right? Certification right now. Yeah. And just that whole process was yeah. huge and huge undertakings. So. Right. And I think there were a couple, you know, there, there were mistakes of just being naive and young of starting mm-hmm. a firm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the design field that the natural trajectory of starting your own business is you have to run somebody else's business first. Right. Because that's how we gain experience. That's how... You know, it's it's that's how we understand the projects and that's how we make the the network that we want to, you know, steal and start our own (laughs) firm with. Right. And that's just that's just how the process works. Yeah. And that's also um, an area where why our field tax a little bit older, too, Mm -hmm. um, because projects take a long time. Um, And it's also a a little bit wider, you know, because it also is who's in the design field and what pathways to people in the design field. So yeah. I started the firm because of the last kind of like global meltdown, which was yeah. a recession of I was laid off from the firm I was working at, but I just got licensed. So to your point, you're studying for your licensing exam. Yeah. You know, you, that's yeah. a huge professional milestone. And then all of a sudden you don't have a profession to practice in. All yeah. Of a sudden. Yeah. Like, yeah. crap, I made it this far <laughs> and now I'm totally <laughs> in the ocean. Yeah. It really sucks. Um, and latent design was really this 
it was a stopgap. It was totally plan B. I was yeah. like, you know, I'm licensed. I was pregnant with my son. No one, no one's hiring. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, I'm an architect now. Like I'll, I could hustle some projects. Like I could get that. I'll figure this out. And then next year I'll be hired by somebody because I'm great. And, you know, <laughs> I'll make another, somebody else's firm great. I'll continue to learn and I'll keep moving forward. And that, t- that didn't happen. Yeah. Didn't even come close to happening. Um, and, you know, so for the first two years of the firm, I was still actively applying to other firms, you know, yeah. going on interviews, um, but working on projects, you know, which would be thought of on the side. Yeah. And that eventually there was this flip where all of a sudden both from a project standpoint and then kind of my own mentality of, oh my gosh, this could I could run my own firm. These could be the projects that I work on. And then I don't have to answer to anyone else. For sure, for sure. And I was like, okay, I've been doing this for two years. I mean, I yeah. haven't. I've been making it by. I yeah. haven't been making a lot, but I've been making it by. Like, yeah. I'll, well, I could make a commitment to one more year. Yeah, for sure. And that's how it went. And then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, we're at ten years. <laughs> you know, we're at eleven <laughs> Blink years. Blink of an eye. Yeah. And then, oh, we're hiring people. We're doing this. We're moving into an yeah. office. Yeah. You know, but I feel like it's still an every year negotiation. Like to myself, like, are we are. Am I still doing this? Mm-hmm. And are we are we hitting the goals? Are we meeting the metrics? Are we are how far away maybe have we strayed from the mission mm-hmm. of equity in the built environment? How cl- how much closer are we getting? And where do we have to pivot? And so yeah. that's where all those transitions have happened. Of why you know it has to be three different things yeah. to get to that one goal. Yeah, I mean I'm sure you've grown and learned so much within the past, yeah. and it's still rapidly growing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you, uh, we're, we're going to kind of I don't want to say skip, but check out the Design Lab podcast with Catherine. Mm-hmm. She covers a lot of what she did, uh, what she's doing, what you're doing. So that was an awesome podcast. I oh, just, with Bonku. Yeah, yes. with Bonku. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just didn't want you to feel like you had to constantly repeat it. We'll put it in the link so everybody can check it out. Okay, cool. Um, uh, because I like what we're talking about, about the firm, right? Mm-hmm. And how, how you're saying how you've grown. Um, and, and I guess... You know, you're saying those pillars, which pillar do you think outweighs the other? I mean, I know they're all important to Mm -hmm. it, but to me, when I hear them, like the policy, I think, is one of the huge, huge things that that really uh, is a catalyst to some of these developments. Absolutely. And I I didn't know... I mean, this is also being very naive. Like, yeah. you don't really know how much policy does influence your yeah. projects and built environment until you start working on them. Yeah. And so that's where I think partnerships with City Open or even de- Design Trust is like, where's that advocacy for better design in the built environment? Where does that exist? Because mm-hmm. I can't, I'm not a lobbyist. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not right, even right. a big enough firm to <laughs> like pay a lobbyist or do <laughs> real political donations to have some, you know, yeah. weight in a decision making yeah. process. So where does that exist? Um, and that's why I think the policy, to your point, it's an important pillar, which informs design, mm-hmm. which, which allows design to actually thrive. Right. Um, and so it's, it's surprising to understand that it's not, um, it's not necessarily your design acumen that always thrives in mm-hmm. terms of the creation of a project. It's like sometimes pure political will. Yeah. And that has, that, that's where, you know, maybe our power structure has shifted a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's just so much to untangle, right? Mm-hmm. So much to, to talk about on that. Um, so your firm's growing. How many people do you have now? We're five now. Okay, cool. Um, so we're still boutique in that sense. Yeah. Um, I think that's getting to where we want to be. You yeah. know, the joke 
that I have is so I have a little storefront office in in Westtown okay. on Ashland Avenue. Um, nice. And when um, we actually received some furniture from Technion when during the Neocon. Uh, flips. They yeah. donated their whole showroom to a couple of our nonprofit clients, gotcha. and we were able to fit out their spaces. But contract furnishings are large. Yeah. You know, they have large dimensions. You yeah. know, in yeah. smaller spaces. So there ended up being the six-person beautiful workstation. Yeah. You know, workstation island that was left over that nobody could nobody could fit. And I yeah. just was like, well, I, I, j- I have an office, and I pretty, <laughs> and that's the only thing that right. fits in the office. Right. So my, my goal was when it was just two of us, when I, when I got that piece, it's like, I want to be big enough that we can have six people at this station, because that's yeah. you know those are all the chairs that I have. That's funny. Um, one chair broke, so that's why we have five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and well, I would like to take the moment to give a shout out to Kelsey and JSI for hosting us mm-hmm. today in the beautiful showroom here at the Merchandise Mart. It's gorgeous, um, yeah. Yeah, and, and stay tuned after. Kelsey's going to talk a little bit about the product that you see in scene if you're watching us uh, via, via video. Um, yeah, so shout out to Louisa as well. I, I know she's a recent team member of yours. Yeah, she is. Um, her uh, hope uh, actually helps a lot with what we're doing with Wisendale and on mm-hmm. Instagram too. So um, you, you guys you guys are doing great things. Yeah, I, I, and we, have, we like have great people yeah. too. Yeah. And I think that was part of the growth strategy of a firm. Like when you're first starting and you hustle yourself, yeah. you do five different things and you're knowledgeable and you 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 realize you could you could run a whole project yourself sometimes. Mm-hmm. But as mm-hmm. it grows, you really see like where are knowledge gaps? Where do I need to spend my time? Where do I need to grow somebody else? And how do I build my team? And I think it's been, I think I have a team that I could continue to build now. Um, in a way that helps grow our projects, helps grow our design, challenges us from a design standpoint. Um, and, and that's a, like a, a business skill in and of itself is yeah. building a team. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. And you mentioned on the other podcast about uh, your mentors. How, how many mentors would you say that you have or just like peers that you reach out to? Because I always think that's important for people, regardless of their, uh, you know, position to mm-hmm. have the mentors. Yeah, I think there's it, there's different levels of mentors, right? Yeah. That I think about there's where there's peer mentors who are in here's the tier of maybe five firms or firm founders that I talk to on a pretty regular basis who we're growing at the same time. We have the same challenges. So it's like yeah. we're co- our own working cohort of how do you how do you deal with everything <laughs> from yeah. like a question from fire prevention on a permit, how would you tackle this <laughs> to, you know, what what healthcare plan are you using, yeah. right? So I think that's very beneficial to have that openness in mm. a in an incredibly competitive environment that we yeah. work in. Um, then I also think about the mentors who are more experienced, who I come with, here's the existential life or work or professional question. Mm-hmm. Um, and then think, help me start to think about now things, okay, I've been around for a decade. How do I even think about the next decade? Because that was a time frame that I truly didn't mentally understand in yeah. terms of business. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, for us, I know we're we're in that hustle yeah. mode right now yeah. where we're just hustling like mm-hmm. every every day we're working and we try to keep it to the you know nine to six time frame. But I mean, I sent out a proposal last night at like eleven o'clock to you the know? team internally, yeah, just so that we could you know figure out what's going on. Yeah, here, so. I know that. And the remote, <laughs> tell me about this for in terms of any of your challenges with the remote work environment. Yeah, we've had conversations internally with the team. I was like, just because I respond at eleven o'clock at night on Slack or send you something and if you're up don't feel obligated to respond that is just where i am in my schedule yeah um let's try and keep it as tight to this 
you know, normal hours as humanly possible. Yeah, definitely. And like even more open levels of communication because I feel, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I I can't physically ever go to the amount of meetings that I have on my calendar now for virtual meetings. No, definitely not. Never. But but your input directly results your output, which Mm -hmm. is the challenge, right? Mm -hmm. Like to to me, that's so challenging because sure, I would like to shut it down at seven o'clock and have Mm -hmm. dinner and watch Mm -hmm. TV, but... Mm -hmm. We had to get the proposal out. I mean, that's potential project work mm-hmm. that we said we would get out, mm-hmm. and we want to keep to that, right? Yeah, so exactly. Like, that that's the challenge when, and I think in our industry or just being in the service industry in general, right? Like yeah, you definitely get, your output is what you put in. So yeah, and I think also that kind of long the ability to think on a longer timeline is helpful. That took a long time for me to to figure out because, you know, I might be super busy right now and this proposal is for something in September and you have this desire to be like, God, I'm so too busy. I'm going to deprioritize it. You know, I'll get it. I'll work on it last minute or something like that. And then come September when you have no work, you're like, shit, I should have spent more time on that proposal. Shouldn't I have? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Well, congrats on the uh, South, uh, Invest Southwest. Southwest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so do you want... You know, overview of Invest Southwest or just the project. I have a little bit of everything. Let's let's do the project (laughs) first and then we'll talk about that that whole uh, Southwest because a lot of the people, the millions of listeners we have is is, uh, all over the world. (laughs) All over the world. (laughs) Um, I think it's more interesting for the uh, architecture and design kind of perspective and and how that went. Yeah, so the project itself is based in Austin on the west side of the city. So it's at the corner of Chicago and Laramie, and there's this beautiful Egyptian-inspired terracotta-clad bank building that's just an enormous, beautiful presence on the corner, and it's the Laramie State Bank. And that bank building plus the adjacent parcel of land was part of a development, um, uh, a site for development proposals for development teams to submit to the city. Um, And so our team was selected. How, How big was the lot? Sorry. I should know this by heart. I, know, now. I, I, was, I never know that. I'm like, should I dive in just a little bit deeper? <laughs> um, I can tell you what we're building on it, but okay. I don't know how big the lot is. <laughs> in sorry, square feet. So That's sorry. okay. But the Laramie State Bank um, is a three-story structure. It's, I mean, it's like this gorgeous 1920s um, style building. So big volumes, large presence. Um, that we're going to restore. It's okay. been vacant for many years. It has water damage, like most vacant older buildings. It needs a lot of love, but it has so much significance. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to bring return it back into a bank again. Nice. So we spent our development team spent time of building partnerships with potential bank operators to go into the space. We're going to bring local businesses. So we have a local cafe owner that would open up her second location in mm-hmm. there. Um, um, bringing a blues museum, so working with an operator that's Very been nice. doing museum pop-ups kind of throughout the city cool. and having the blues museum located there. And then, you know, co-working and other incubator spaces to tie in with some of the economic development mm-hmm. programs with the that are going on on the corridor. So how do you make space to scaffold up businesses so that they start up and go through a program one place, grow their business in an incubator, and then hopefully move to a storefront later on down the block? So you kind of create that cycle. Um, the cool thing about this is it's going to be um, a community-run, community-led building. Yeah. So that building and the kind of the the 
organizational structure yeah. of that building is so that it's owned, operated, any profits generated go back to the community. Great. So that's it's its, its own community benefits agreement that conceptually we want to happen within that bank building. Mm-hmm. The adjacent lot, um, our partner is Heartland Housing on that one. Yeah. Uh, Shout that, out Heartland Alliance too. Yeah, like, and Heartland yeah, Alliance, definitely. both of them. Yeah. Um, and so they are great to work with, but that's going to be about a 70 unit um, affordable housing okay. complex. So with one to three units, it has a beauty, beautiful kind of the, the two buildings together make a U. Um, in plan okay. so that there's a central courtyard that faces the street. Nice. Um, so, and that will bridge kind of the ground floor activities between the bank and the residential building. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. And we want to bridge how, old and new together. So how long was that proposal? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but before that, I mean, I, there's just so much. I mean, I feel like we're gonna already need a, a part two because you're talking about like the cycle, right? Mm-hmm. And then now, as a business owner, you're thinking, okay, well, some of these people could actually go into Boombox and mm-hmm. use Boombox. Mm-hmm. That's something like I've set up and mm-hmm. I want people to do, and then eventually go into this. I mean, the, do all of those things run through your mind? Or how do you know which one to like attack and present at the right time? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think part of the strength of our team actually being selected was because even for something as small as Boombox, which we have a Boombox, on the western end of that corridor, so okay. and the bank building anchors the eastern end of what will be called the Soul City corridor. Yeah. So there's a um, a corridor plan and development plan associated with that. The Soul City corridor. Soul City corridor. Does that have any with Soul City Church? No, not with Soul City Church. Okay, I was gonna say two different things. Yeah. Not related. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> I was gonna um, say wow. Yeah. Um, and so with that is, so we've already seen the benefits of kind of that system. So we have boombox vendors that have already moved into storefronts yeah. of renovated buildings on Fantastic. the Chicago Avenue corridor. Fantastic. We're actually currently working on one of our first boombox vendors is opening up the first black owned produce market and grocery store in Austin. We're working on that building for 40 acres uh, fresh market. And then, you know, further east in Humboldt Park, we're working on other projects. So Chicago Avenue kind of became the spine. And because we were started with one project, we could start to see those connections Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. try and wrap them into other proposals, other conversations to to make an ecosystem, right? And that's, I think, part of um, being embedded also in a neighborhood through your projects, yeah, right? You, you're absolutely. on meetings, you hear things, and designers are so good at just synthesizing large amounts of information yeah. to all of a sudden like, hey, we can make these connection points or we could use our space to to suggest those connection points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just pause. I mean, that's <laughs> awesome. That is awesome. I wish we had the mimosas going. I would I cheers know, you right I now. Know. Like that's, that's fantastic. Cheers to my caffeine addiction. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we got two for you on deck. I know, I know. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so back to the proposal. So did that, that effort took, you know, a tremendous effort, right? Yeah. And I think we're, this is a great, um, kind of like both small firm um, or, you know, boutique firm observation of time that goes into bigger proposals, right? Because yeah. it's, compe- it's a competitive Absolutely. element, right? Yeah. Like competitive proposals when you're just responding to an RFQ mm-hmm. is one amount of time. The RFPs are another. And then when you're really at the, this development scale, I mean, that was, you know, three months of on our end, we had one full-time person on it, mm-hmm. plus my time, and plus we have other all our other design partners. So we're partnered with Valerio DeWalt Train mm-hmm. and Associates. We're mm-hmm. a paired um, design excellence firm mm-hmm. um, uh, by 
selected by the city. And then that was mm-hmm. our design team for this. And they gotcha. had their design staff on, yeah. on top. Yeah. Plus it all Heartlands, you know, yeah. they're running the numbers, looking at the designs, putting the book together. And then the city threw in this loop of everyone has to make an eight minute video. So then we had to become <laughs> videographers. <laughs> Last minute, <laughs> you know, it was it was a lot. It was a lot, and we were yeah, on. That, that's a lot. And our firm was on three teams okay. for the first round. So we were also we had a full proposal for two two teams in Inglewood, um, and then after that, we're like, mm, we don't we're we're we took a break. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have one more large development um, proposal coming forward. We're shortlisted for the C forty site in the okay. loop. Nice. On Lake and Van Buren, but over the past six months, um, it's been it, that's been somebody's job. Yeah, and I, you know, we that's something when you see at larger firms, they can absorb that because yeah, that's the cost of the pursuits, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so our cost of the pursuit mm-hmm. is I spend my time on Saturday looking <laughs> like working on something, you know. But it's that that was a very different scale. And that was hard to navigate. It took very serious consideration and think of like, what's the over under on us actually winning this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And saying no to some teams where you look at it and you're like, are you actually going to win? And looking at what they're they're already presenting and saying, you know, maybe we don't we can't attach ourselves to this. We want to go with a team that we think will be really successful. Yeah. Um, and that's a risk, too. It's a risk to say no to something. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And all those calculations, I mean, I mean. Again, without having this conversation or, or I think that transparency, I know we talked about it on the yeah. uh, Mercadito mm-hmm. uh, call, mm-hmm. that transparency and effort that I don't think really people would understand if they're not in the industry. But even yeah. when you are in the industry, like that's a tremendous amount of calculation and decision making that you mm-hmm. have to make just to go into that. And how taxing is that? Mm-hmm. You know? So mm-hmm. I'm glad you did take a vacation recently. Yes. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> Hopefully did not no. think of anything. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> do you still sketch or anything like that? Or we do. What, a- yeah. So sketch still very analog on some things, you know, I'm, my morfolio trace, I'm, I'm taking the course, very like cool. taking the little training courses. So I get more proficient at yeah. it. Um, which is great. So yeah. I think that's so integral um, to uh, navigating ideas. I think the other thing that's interesting with our office, so if I work from home, I'm on a Mac, which doesn't okay. like Bluebeam isn't supported yeah. anymore. So yeah. I can't like mark up drawings that way. So I still have to yeah. mark everything up by hand. Right. Which I which I like, which actually I think helps with some of the design discussions internally. Like here's the intent mm-hmm. versus relying on, you know, a box or a copy paste mm-hmm. in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, so our team's really good at collaborating. It's, I think it's been this. I don't know if you have this challenge in in, in Wisendale is just, you know, sometimes I feel our employees, they get scared of sketching. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, <laughs> 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 so I'll be sending something back. Like they always make a more formal markup or type something out, like, you know, make yeah. a quick tech. And I was like, no, just you could sketch it to me and drop it in the Slack thread, yeah. you know, or email it to me or, or sketch over it. Like mm-hmm. my design is not the final one. Mm-hmm. So like just you need to <laughs> sketch this. You need to learn how to do this. Yeah. Or I challenged, I was like, okay, here's our building footprint. Here's the initial layout that I'm thinking. Here's the rough sizes. Like give me a couple versions of this and it's a little bit of paralysis because mm-hmm. it's a big task Absolutely. sometimes too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the, I mean, we've worked with a couple of structural engineers on projects and they're just sketching all the time. Yeah. I mean, they'll submit the sketch, they'll send you a sketch and yeah. it's like, okay. But I'm saying just to do, to communicate the design intent. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and, and it just saves so much time. And even like when you're talking about decisions, like 
even how do I transfer these red lines from this drawing from a sketch over mm-hmm. to the team, right? Mm-hmm. Is it just a photo? Do I have a huge scanner? Do I have mm-hmm. a plotter? Yeah. I mean, all of those are like, you know, questions that I think firms and small teams really have to decide mm-hmm. because you, we don't have the resources of a, of a large firm mm-hmm. um, to do that. Mm-hmm. And when you go through the Invest Southwest firms, the teams, some of them are single people, mm-hmm. and then some of them are the larger behemoths companies. Um, I the first one that comes to my mind is like a Perkins and Will. Right, we worked um, with them. Yeah. At Inglewood, yeah. So like, how? I guess do you think that the Invest Southwest hits the mark on that, or I guess what's the strategy as far as part? Obviously, they have different strengths mm-hmm. and resources than a small boutique has, but yeah. how how does it? Because for me, it just looks like once someone's on community engagement and the other pe- the other people are just on production. Right. That's a good question. And I think that's um, part of the feedback that we definitely gave back to DPD on this because mm-hmm. we're part of the guinea pigs. We were all submitted during the first round. You yeah. learn a lot from actually prototyping that and then yeah. you can make changes for current round two, three and the other ones because they're going to release nine of these. This is going to keep going on for the next couple of years. Yeah. Um, so part of that feedback is there. Oh, they can, I, can I cut yeah. you off really quick? So will there be opportunity for new teams to submit for the Invest Southwest? Yeah, yeah. There's going. They're going to continue to launch more sites. Right, I know. But will the shortlist be able to be added or subtracted from the Design Excellence? Correct. Ah, that's two different questions. Right. So, um, so Design Excellence will, I think, open up in three years. Gotcha. So then there'll be new firms, and there's. You know, issues with both of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so don't, don't get me wrong on that. There's confusion first yeah. on, like, do Invest Southwest teams and developer applications and team applications, do they only use design excellence shortlist partners or can they use anyone? The answer is any, anyone. excuse me, is anyone, yeah. but it's not, it's definitely not conveyed that way. Right. Um, on the first glance. So there's a kind of a clarity in how that's conveyed um, mm. that needs to, to go forward. Um, understanding of where, because there was a concern that the city's seen the same teams on the same projects, you know, same yeah. suspects, right? Not anyone new. And, you know, they're like, where are the small firms? And we have to educate them and say, like, this is a lot of friggin' work. Yeah. You know, a firm yeah. of five doesn't have people to pull this together and doesn't have the resources and doesn't have the budget to pursue that type of pursuit. So that's why you do. There's also experience levels um, of being, once you do a project of this scale, you could think through it differently, right? Okay, if I got challenged with the same site again, I would go through the process uh, a little bit differently, maybe mm-hmm. push in this part a little bit more, maybe spend less time here, more time here, because you you know, you, you understand, you see what's a successful proposal, how much time was spent, and where time wasn't spent, and it didn't matter, was spent, but it didn't matter. Right. Um, right. And I think those are important, right? Yeah. So I think if we want to grow in the design community, um, it's, it's an understanding of the difference between um, experience in emerging firms in terms of true like years of talent, mm-hmm. um, but then also that there are differences between large and small firms that don't necessarily impact the design. They impact like some of these essential free sprints of work that are being requested, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then you can't you can't achieve design excellence in a proposal, right? If your developer isn't paying you, right? Mm-hmm. There's costs to the design. So we yeah. were fortunate. All of our teams paid us it was Mm -hmm. small but they did but i mean 
you're putting together a proposal for free for three months. That's a different. I can't do that. Perkins and Will can. <laughs> I cannot. You know, and yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, and then the time. You know, yeah. even last this week, somebody reached out for the Bronzeville site, which closes in two weeks, mm-hmm. and asked if we would help them design the project. I was like, and I said, there's no way that we could design a successful winning proposal in two weeks. Yeah, definitely. You know, I said, we we spent three solid months working on Austin, mm-hmm. you know, because people reach out. They saw the announcement on Monday. Somebody reaches out on Tuesdays, like, help with our Bronzeville proposal. I'm like, it's due in two weeks. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? right. You're way behind the ball yeah. on this one. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're not going to win. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, uh, this is a boatload of undertaking. Right? Yeah. And, and it's, uh, we, we were talking about the Southwest. Shit. Sorry. I was mm. just thinking, you know, the effort and how, um, how do you combat that? So do you see, that's what I was going to ask. Sorry. Do you see like developers or more the construction side, like design build is always an option that that's thrown out there where the construction companies are, you know, mm-hmm. taking this sort of, uh, in-house services in-house. Do you think that's, I mean, it's not new. People have tried it, but yeah. do you think, cause COVID has really changed the like, game as far as how everybody has been operating. Yeah. Right. And yeah. do you think that that's going to continue as far as bringing everything in-house? Mm. I think, you know, that's one of the things that if I, you know, when I give advice, I would have pursued design build, design led design build, not contractor led design build. Right. Of course. So there, there's different motivations. I would have pursued that earlier yeah. um, and gotten through some of these small projects that we're going through now in that delivery method earlier so we could pursue larger ones. Mm-hmm. Um, building teams around that. So there's a couple of contractors that we work with that we want to be able to build that kind of skill set to be a larger DB team in particular kind of areas of commercial hospitality. And I still, I lo- I've, we'll always have a love for small projects. So that's kind of an area where we want to be, um, you know, as one as pro- probably on the design build side. Yeah. Um, I think the other piece that comes with it is, you know, municipalities love it as yeah. a delivery method, mm-hmm. right? One point of contact, you take all the risk. Great. <laughs> we can push you around and it, it's a very, very risky project. Yeah. It, it's a very risky delivery method, but you know, the, the benefits of it of seeing and pr- like dynamically designing and pricing I see could be a benefit. Um, but you know, you have to, you have to on the design side, make kind of non-negotiable priorities Yeah, that can't, that can't be value engineered out. Mm-hmm. Um, we're working on a project, uh, with the city right now where we're in the feasibility stage and they already did a cost estimate. I was like, you can't do a cost estimate on an idea. It's just a thought. It's just a thought. It's a sketch. That's <laughs> all it is. You're totally mind policing me here. And then you're mad at me because it's over budget because I really don't know. I couldn't even tell you if this is even the right size right now. It's not, So I've never been through that before. Luckily, I had people on my team who like, and also some of our consultants, they're like, we've worked with them before. This is probably what it's going to be. And they were right. Yeah. Um, but um, it's, interest, it's interesting. It's something new to plan for, but I think that's the downfall. Right. Is using it as a panacea mm-hmm. um, and, you know, getting into minutia of design before there's agreement on the concepts. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's unnecessary. Right. I think I, I think that's very detrimental. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
Well, yeah, I mean, so we took a vacation, reflected. So what does the 10 years, what are the next 10 years look like for you? Yeah, the next 10 years, um, I didn't reflect too much. Uh, okay. Because that would well, have been work. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, how long did it take you to like really kind of disconnect? I know, I'm sure you didn't fully dis- ever disconnect. Yeah, no. But like was it a few days, three days or how? I think, you know, I think it was, uh, it does take a full day to yeah. kind of like undo it. Like I need my way, different people relax differently and yeah. disconnect, right? Some people are more active. They go for a jog and they need that. I need yeah. kind of more hermetically sealed quiet to, you know, quiet outside influences and quiet my own thoughts to mm-hmm. then be able, okay, I'm recharged and let me kind of step back into this. Yeah. Um, but I have been thinking about the next 10 years very strategically um, since last year, right? So this is the 11th year. Last year was the 10th year. And I spent a lot of time figuring out, you know, first, are another 10 years possible, right? So mm-hmm. is it possible? Because, you know, I started the year optimistic and then a pandemic hit. <laughs> You know, so that changes your yeah. your level of optimism pretty fast. Yeah. Um, and so looking at, are another 10 years possible? It doesn't need to be through latent design, right? Because if I think about there's the influence of the firm in the field, then there's the influence of myself, and then setting up our team for success other places too, right? So is this, is it latent design? Do we try and start? Could we get bought and go start a studio within another firm, right? What would that look like if we had the resources of the bigger firms, right? We have the ambition, yeah, but we definitely don't have the, yeah. the resources. So what would that right. look like with a different level of support? Yeah. Um, is it even architecture anymore? So what would it look like if you're working in an architecture adjacent field, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that was an interesting kind of realm of conversations of, you know, going to a design strategy firm or going to... Um, an urban innovation startup and figuring out what that even means. Um, yeah. You know, all of, all these different ways. Or is like, do I? Is it nice to like? Could I just take a year sabbatical and like go find a fellowship and yeah. you know, yeah, <laughs> just exactly. do that and then yeah. figure it out later? Yeah. Um, now that's a real break for sure. Yeah, it's a real break for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and all of those opportunities kind of pursued in parallel. I think ultimately. One of my mentors, so to tie it back to this yeah. mentor conversation, I was exploring the idea and I laid it all out and they're like, well, it seems like you 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 have three different things that you're pursuing, maybe four. They're like, have you ever just done one thing yeah. and just focused on your firm and that's the only thing? Because mm-hmm. I was teaching, I was teaching for 10 years, all these things. I was like, wow, that's pretty, no. The answer yeah. is no, I've never done that. Never just done that. So mm-hmm. what if I, yeah, give yourself a year of just doing that. And so that's how I started 2020 of like, I'm just going to focus on this one thing of my firm and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> then all the challenges came, right? Everything got thrown at you yeah, yeah. to try and figure out. And we grew, yeah. and, you know, and I think that was showed that that kind of dedicated focus to trying to kind of formalize some some elements and, and and refine them, tie up loose threads that might have been mistakes or issues that we were avoiding in terms of firm infrastructure, um, setting our design standards and then hiring people that to, to, to hiring people in a way to think about a growth mindset of the firm rather than like a fulfilling this kind of immediate need. Right. So who, who understanding how to hire for potential. Yeah. Yeah. Well that's <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, thank Fantastic, you. Catherine. Um, thank you again for, for coming on. Where, where can people follow you and see the work? Yeah. 
So if you we're latentdesign.net, so always that's our website. Okay. Um, we're latent underscore design across all the social social media. So if you want spicy hot takes, you could go to the Twitter. I know. If I, you uh, want, oh, if I, you I, want more, <laughs> if you want like a proper <laughs> PR post, you could go to Instagram. <laughs> I know. I was gonna ask you about the Twitter. <laughs> I, that Twitter is just the Twitter universe is just wild. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I Leighton, I love that Leighton interacts a lot and asks mm-hmm. questions. I mean, mm-hmm. I think someone was talking about the facade. I think last time I saw the facade of the uh, Austin or the oh, project. Oh yeah, right, right, yeah. And you're like, well, what do you mean? It, it refers back to it. So you, you're able to interact yeah. and comment yeah. quickly, right? right? So I think that's. That's fantastic. Against so. all better PR advice, I still control the Twitter account. So that's why. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> okay. So latent.design or net. Correct. Is the okay. website. And then latent underscore design is the same for Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Cool. Yeah. And then boombox is? Boomboxchicago.com. Boomboxchicago.com. And then Chicago Design Trust. No, other way around. Designtrustchicago.org. Designtrustchicago.org. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you again. And thank you for uh, having me. Yeah. Look forward to catching up uh, Mm -hmm. soon. So absolutely. Thank you. Doors closing.